0: hey guys hope everybody's doing well Um, I've I've actually tried to do a few podcasts well not tried I've done a few podcasts but I wasn't um, sad that I wasn't able to upload them Um, I guess the the internet in font wouldn't be sorry I'm just pulling out of a space. Yeah, the internet and font wouldn't be the greatest thing in the world. Um, so yeah, I just haven't been able to upload and to be honest, it, <laughs> the speed that my life moves at in terms of like um, plans changing um, it probably doesn't make much sense The upload now, um, but I, I can kind of go through roughly what I covered um, in those previous podcasts and, you know, try to, you know, catch everybody up on what's going on. So I'm actually just leaving Font now, um, which is, it's kind of bittersweet because it's really, like, I, it's obviously a very short camp. And it was actually a very expensive, short camp, which is probably the frustrating part because I didn't know if the goal was obviously Cheshire um, or if the goal was Prague. And I, in hindsight, in hindsight, I probably should have booked for, nah, I couldn't have really done that. I was gonna say I should have booked for Cheshire But then you have to bring a rental car back and replace a rental car, and it's kind of just annoying. So I had to kind of book for Prague, and that meant the rental car was probably double the price. Um, The accommodation was, you know, obviously double the price. And so, yeah, like (coughs) it ended up being a oh, I'm going to have to take a picture of that. Oh, fuck. That's quite beautiful. I just need to find somewhere that I can pull over to take a picture of that. So you're going to have to bear with me a wee second. Alright, I'm back in the car. It actually, I mean, it looks really nice, but it didn't photograph very well, which is kind of annoying, but Anyway, I'm on my way again. So yeah, it's kinda of bittersweet. It was a it was a productive camp because I you know I, I came here with very, very clear goals about what I wanted to achieve. Um and you know, they were they were very, very simple. I I needed to recover from Rotterdam, that involved a lot of physio with Declan Monaghan, I I mean a lot, and even though, even though my body wasn't like, it wasn't like tender or, or like muscle soreness in terms of like, like how you'd expect, like tenderness, like, like that, that kind of tenderness when you're like, you know, trying to tense your muscles and, you know, you can't because they're, like they're sore and they're tired. I didn't I didn't really have that. And obviously I've had that after Boston marathon, I had that. Even after Lauren half marathon, I really had that. And that's usually what happens when like you you're either slightly underprepared for a marathon and so it really takes its toll. Or when you have a really, really good day. Because you like you've extracted every Every single possible, um, you know, fibre out of your body. I suppose you could say you've, you've, you know, you've you've extracted everything. You've pulled on every single resource you have, and so of course that's going to lead to um, a lot more trauma. And so I didn't really have that, but it, I did have a lot of problems, and so you know, just like. Well, four days ago, I think Declan put, you know, 10 dry needles in my right hip, like 10's a lot. And then I think, you know, a day later with four in it again, and that right hip that I've talked about a few times, and it, you know, it it gave me a bit of an injury problem over lockdown, and, you know, that's really been causing me problems. And I think it actually causes me problems in the race as well. Because as it starts to fatigue, and it starts to get tired, this is where, this is where your rehab stuff is so important. Because, just because, just because an injury doesn't stop you running, doesn't mean it's not gonna cause you a problem in a competition or in a race. And that's kinda, that's kinda the problem for me is that my injuries don't, necessarily stop me running but but then in a race situation it you know it it can cause me problems and so declan was doing a lot of stuff to you know get the body back pretty much he'd watch me do a bit of training and and you know he'd 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 see that like maybe the right leg wasn't traveling the way it should be we'd video it we'd have a look at the video or he'd have a look at the video um he'd see that yeah like your left leg's moving really efficiently but your right leg you know is just kind of swinging through as he'd call it and then we'd do a little bit of work on the physio table to try to i say a little bit of work we did a lot of work and that kind of became the routine i would train sometimes too much and then i'd go see declan and, and declan would do whatever he could to, you know, keep me moving forward. And so it wasn't when you're when you're going to race a marathon again in like two weeks' time, and you're trying to you're trying to balance. Um, I need to train because when you've got your fitness in a really good place, it's you know you you do have to train to maintain that. It's how everything in life works, you know. If you've been if you've been consistently saving money and you know your bank balance is growing and growing and and then you go spend like I did at Rotterdam and there's a cost if you don't if you don't go back to saving money you know you you can't expect that bank balance to grow again it it, it just doesn't work like that and neither in a way does does fitness and running like you know if you could maintain fitness by doing nothing let's be honest guys, we'd all do less, we'd all do nothing, you know, and so that's just simply not the case, you, you cannot maintain, if, you're, if you've got your fitness, the high level of fitness that is very rare, it's very, it's very rare that I'm in the shape that I'm in right now, you know, you're, you're talking, you're talking like maybe three or four times in my career, have I been in this sort of fitness? You know, Larne, London, and obviously Rotterdam, I, you know, I, I got to like 37, 38K. 35K was a PB. So, you know, might not have been the glorious day that I wanted, but you've gone through 35K and a PB. So it's very rare that I've had that, that really special fitness. And so you'd be, you'd be silly to assume that you can maintain or or keep that fitness by doing nothing. That simply is not the case. You can't do that. Now, if I didn't have to race again, well then I would have took a proper recovery. And and I'll likely have to pencil in a proper recovery, you know, potentially after Cheshire. Because it's it's important that the body gets a chance to settle down to recharge I I can tell you that for Cheshire I know I know how my muscles feel and I'm pretty sure they're in a good place and I'm also pretty sure over the next four or five days and I'm I'm gonna explain why I'm leaving altitude um, probably Wednesday and not Friday normally like two days before sometimes three never four um, but I, I am gonna get to that um, but I know the muscles are you know feeling good. and you know I did K's yesterday and like I ran the last kilometer rep in like 247, which is pretty fast at altitude. Um, I just I just decided that I wanted to open the body up a bit. I, I wanted to, I wanted to breathe. I, I wanted to push. I've wanted to fucking push. The whole time I'm here, like I'm really excited about this fitness and um, uh, Rotterdam changed everything. It it changed, it just changed my belief, it changed how I I view my body, how I view myself, how I, it really, like I said, it it lit that spark again that made me want to really push and it's kind of been frustrating having to like taper and you know, like, um, shut things down a bit because, like, I'm, I'm, I was really excited to put in work, and and I was really excited that the work I was doing. You know, remember, remember, Rotterdam was a, it was, a, it was almost an experiment. You know what I mean? It was a, hopefully this works. The double threshold type stuff, a lot different from what a lot of people are doing, building for marathons, a lot, lot different, and. it it brought about quite a high level of risk and and but I I persisted, you know, and I I knew that at least I was controlling controlling the quality of training. And so I always I always knew that I was running the reps at the right intensity. And so I I always kind of knew I didn't necessarily know that it would work. But I knew that I had banked a lot of volume at the exact intensity for me to get the exact benefit that I wanted out of that day, but I wasn't really sure if if that would work for a marathon. Um, and so yeah, that's an interesting. One. I I think I got close. I I would change little bits and I would go the altitude because you know I've spent what's that eight days at altitude and and you know like i i pretty much lost like a kilo to a kilo and a half which which is just ridiculous it's 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 mad how quickly the weight just falls off you at altitude and it's something that i i look back and i regret a little bit before rotterdam is not going the altitude and um i i know that altitude has a has a big role to play in in this but you know with with places like Sierra Nevada having a lot of snow and and no physio and and it's tough. There was tough decisions to be made and, you know, I I committed to Teddington and actually, yeah, there you go. I I couldn't... Teddington played such a vital role in that fitness and, and, you know, pushing the fitness forward and getting me out of my comfort zone and, you know, even things like knowing that Victoria Park was you know, potentially a little bit short, and you know, maybe six, seven seconds per mile short, and the first time I really got a, a glimpse of that was when I did a tempo in Bushy, and I was like, feck, like, I'm, I'm working a lot harder for five minute mile pace here than, you know, what I was in, in Teddington, or sorry, what I was in Victoria Park, and all these little things are important because, if race day is the first day that you realize your loop is six or seven seconds a mile um, fast, <laughs> that's a bad day. <laughs> that's a very concerning day. And and so all these things, you know, played a role. And so, yeah, so I came to altitude. I I needed to make sure I recovered. Um, I needed to make sure that I could get some training done. And I wanted to train on my terms. You know, I, I didn't I didn't want my body dictating completely what I could do, and what I mean by that is, if I, I I did a session Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, right? So, yeah, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, um, and yeah, that that worked well for me. What I mean by I didn't want my body to di- dictate is essentially. Had I been sore, like really sore and tender, and and you know maybe maybe all I could have done is four miles easy, four miles easy, four miles easy. Um, I don't know if I would, I, if I still would have, you know, committed the Cheshire, because you you get a lot of confidence in the last two weeks before a marathon, or you lose a lot of confidence. It's Kind of one or the other, you know. Your your body either it either plays ball and and that's really cool and great, or or it doesn't, and you you lose confidence essentially. And so, lucky for me, um, the you know the the body responded well, um, and I was yeah, I was able to get pretty solid work done. Um, Just a second I need to set this to automatic. (coughs) God the more I talk um the more my throat goes but my phone is currently not working. Well it is working but it's working for the podcast but it's not working for um service because I'm like as I as as I drive I actually move Countries, so I, I go from um, France into Spain. Sorry, I think you might have lost me. Um, yeah, I, I'm my phone's playing games with me. Um, just because I, you, as you're doing this drive, you move from France to Spain, and and then actually back to France, and then back to Spain. It's kind of you go through a little um, place called Livia which is Spain, and then I think you go back to France again, and then you go to Spain, and so network kind of goes a bit funny. But, yeah, what I meant by on my terms, like I said, it's you gain confidence or lose confidence, and so if you have a marathon in 7 to 10 days, irrelevant to the fact that you just ran one. Okay, I'm going to tell you two things on that. One thing is, if you have a marathon in 7 to 10 days, it's not ideal if you can only run four or five mile because you're really sore, you know that's that's never ideal. the The flip side of that is a lot of what a lot of what I dealt with over the last week was very interesting. How well I dealt with it because I had raced Rotterdam, whereas normally, you know, ten days to go, two weeks to go before a marathon. You're a bit of a hypochondriac, and so normally, if you feel something sore or you know you feel something a bit tight, you you panic. Whereas it just shows you that that's all that's all in your own expectation, because obviously, because I raced Rotterdam, then my expectation changed completely. I didn't expect to feel amazing. I didn't expect my body to feel brilliant. I just came the altitude. I didn't expect to be really fast in training, and it was actually really—it's um, actually really fun because it took away that like that normal pressure, that normal pressure that you want your body to feel amazing, or that normal expectation that you know you want your fitness to be the best it's ever been, or things like that like it 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 just rotterdam stripped all that away and i i moved away from that mindset of almost like almost like greed where you've this you've this real greedy mindset that um you you want everything to be perfect you you know your your expectation is that everything's gonna go um like swimmingly basically and and you're not gonna have any issues or or any problems so it is really interesting when you strip that sorry i think i lost you again um i had to stop at a little campsite to go to the bathroom because last time last time i did this drive to the airport i didn't go to the bathroom and i was absolutely dying mean I was on the motorway and I was absolutely dying for a pee like it was it was scary how badly I needed to pee and I was like tapping my foot and oh my god it was it was a disaster so yeah so I'm 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 basically saying that I hope in future I I learn something um from you know that experience and I don't put as much pressure on those final two weeks to you know to, to have to go perfectly. And that's gonna lead me into now talking about why why I'm sort of like happy enough to leave altitude. And like essentially like one of the things that changed quite drastically was I, I went out and had a few drinks about six weeks ago maybe. And I woke up on the Sunday, and, and you might remember this. My I think my whoop told me I was 1% recovered, like 1%. And that's very bad. Um, and I, I went and ran. I think it was like 18 miles at 5.18 per mile or something like that. And it showed me that, like, it's mad that my body could still operate. It It's far... Far from optimum right so uh, there's no argument here that i'm trying to suggest it was a a good thing to do but but it did show me what my body's capable of even when something like you know whoop is saying you know you're knackered and like you, you shouldn't be able to operate at like full capacity today and so I guess what i'm trying to say is i think our bodies are far better than we give them credit for even if even if things are less than optimum if things aren't perfect if things aren't um, and we're always we're always seeking this idea perfect and you know even altitude you're supposed to go to altitude for at least three weeks maybe four weeks but people in the past have gone for you know, Marius Bakken talks about going for seven or eight days, and and it being it being really effective. And you know, I feel like I achieved what I wanted to. Like, if if anything, if if losing a kilo or you know a kilo and a half, you know, if I stayed in London and I ordered my chicken wings and you know I ordered takeaway because let's be honest, I just raced a marathon. You know my brain would have probably been telling me like you deserve this you know you're yes you're doing cheshire but you're on a bit of a recovery period you know enjoy yourself treat yourself i'm sure there would have been a big plastic tub of haribo back in the fridge i'm sure i would have been drinking a lot of diet coke and 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 i'm not necessarily saying there's anything wrong with that but if this altitude camp bought me you know, eight days of a a very focused existence and that really gives me a nice little like confidence boost and a nice little confidence lift, well then it was worth it. Did it improve my red blood cells? Probably not. Um, Is it perfect? Far from it, but I'm trying to, I think I, I mentioned this before, Rotterdam, I'm trying to move away from that that idea of perfect and that expectation of perfect and like you know even looking at cheshire the wind's starting to pick up you know it, it's looking like it could rain and so i could go to cheshire and it could be rainy it could be windy but you know it it's not pass or fail it's just an opportunity to try and that's the that's the bottom line you don't go to cheshire and and either pass or fail. You do in terms of hitting a qualifying time. That's pretty crystal clear. But in terms of being, you know, an athlete or, or in terms of, you know, a football team that shows up in an FA Cup game and, and gets beat, you know, a third division team or a second division, I, I don't know what it's called, championship. Championship one, I don't know. And they 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 play Man United or Chelsea and and they don't win and they get beat. They they feel to qualify. But they don't feel. You know it's a it's a very sport can be very like, yeah, pass or feel and and actually that's that's not necessarily fair. What I've been what I've been able to do in the last ten days since Rotterdam in terms of recovering getting focused again you know sorting out the logistics of getting to cheshire reordering drinks bottles race ball, all the stuff that goes into getting yourself on the start line of a marathon that's not a fail you know that's a victory not many people not many people could do that and not many people want to because it's not it's not an easy thing to do it can be quite stressful, it can be quite hard work. <laughs> My days were quite full on. Training, physio, training, physio, eat, sleep, you know, repeat, eat very little. I, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I really cut back on um, food and calories because I wanted that to be something that I worked on between Rotterdam and Cheshire. I wanted to give myself every chance and uh, it, when it's a when it's a long shot, I mean, it is a long shot to go to go and race two weeks after. You know, you've you've literally just raced the marathon. It's a long shot. You have to you have to call it what it is. It's a it's a it's a very rare. I think in very rare cases you'd you'd give someone. Sorry, I'm fucking trying to get my backpack because I want my drink yeah it's 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 very rare well, actually no uh, 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 It's fucking is a long shot that i get my drink spot without crashing like come on drink where are you you fecker oh, of course it's at the other side all right i got it now uh, that, that's probably why i'm probably going to injure my shoulder from that yeah look it was a long shot so i was willing to take a bit more risk than normal and I think, like, I don't. I, like I said, like nothing's perfect. I, I talked I talked before Rotterdam about eating, eating well, and but this this sort of like Cheshire, it kind of reminds me of London in a way, where it's kind of like the mentality. Like I talked about me and Butchie and and Butchie. This was Butchie's quote, and you know it was that get fit or get fucked. And it's kind of the attitude I moved to over the last 2 weeks where it was like, look, this ain't perfect. Here's the situation you have. Let's let's really fucking go for it. And it's it's probably not supposed to work out, and you know it probably won't work out, but like fuck it. You know, let's just let's fucking give it a rip. Let's see what we can do. Let's let's see if we can make this work, you know? And and then, you know, when you really believe in something, I basically listed five things that I could work on and five things that I thought was important to work on. and you know that was recovery, meditating, journaling, sleep, nutrition, hydration. And under nutrition, I, I believed if I could shift a kilo that it would it would help the confidence. It's a kilo that I should have shifted before Rotterdam. I was sitting at about 70.5, someday 71, and that's probably the heaviest I've been in in quite a while. It's only a kilo or a kilo and a half, but I think when it shifts you under 70, then it's a psychological thing. But also, I find it really difficult at sea level to manage weight Probably one of the reasons is Deliveroo, I'm quite partial to a Deliveroo order. Another is that your, your metabolism at sea level is legit not as good. And that's what I'm gonna talk about now because the reason I, well, first of all, there was only a flight Wednesday or Friday to Belfast. I wanted to go to Belfast because I, I did wanna prioritize physio and some people wouldn't have done that But because I just raced the marathon, I thought it was really important that I got physio. And I also thought it was really important that I do something with the physiologist, Ricky, to, to see, maybe to see the impact of Rotterdam Marathon and also to see the impact of altitude. Because we did four times a mile just before Rotterdam. And like we, we did run an economy and, and I'm I'm really intrigued. Uh, I think what we'll do is three times a mile. And I'm really intrigued to see, you know, is there a shift in running an economy, what the situation is, blah, blah, blah. We won't look at lactates or anything like that. So it'll just be heart rate and run an economy. Lactates can kind of fuck you a little bit, like psychologically you can, you can read into it a little bit too much, um, especially that close to a race, so I don't necessarily think that would be useful. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna run the race based on heart rate anyway, so yeah, it's it's really not that useful, but <clears throat> more to the point, metabolism. You, you generally speaking, work harder at altitude than you do at sea level. And I've noticed, like, like my aura ring, and it tells me like heart rate variability. If I if I double at altitude, I double run, or I do a session in the morning and a run that night. Geez, my my heart rate variability like it goes very low. And and I used to always notice this about altitude that my heart rate variability would be quite low. No. I don't really have a problem with that when I'm at altitude training but I kinda do have a problem with that when I'm getting to like 3-4 days out from a marathon and I, and I want my body to like recharge. And so <clears throat> on the topic of not perfect, yes I'm not leaving altitude at the perfect moment but there isn't really a perfect moment. Everybody's body's different. And when I left Font in 2020, I really didn't, I really didn't feel like I had a bad day. You know, people talk about day one, day five, whatever. And so I didn't really feel like I had a bad day. I didn't feel great day one on a long run. Actually, day one, I went and done a run the minute I arrived off the plane. And I felt terrible. Day one, as in 24 hours after travel, not directly after travel. So a full day after travel, which most people would call day one rather than I've just arrived. I didn't feel great on a long run. And then two days later, I did a tempo and it was incredible. So <clears throat> that was like day three. I basically, I'm basically prioritizing... Um physio, good sleep at sea level. Um, I'm also going to say Marks and Spencer's because the shops at home, I can buy exactly what I want in terms of like carbo loading and things like that. And I'm also prioritizing getting in the lab to see Ricky to, to tell me the impact of Rotterdam and the impact of you know a little altitude camp and so yeah that's that's essentially where i'm at Um not everybody would prioritize that but we live in this wonderful world where you get to make your own decisions and you know if if i sleep better for the next um four nights So I get a good night's sleep tonight, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all in my own bed at home and that allows my body to, you know, recharge, it allows, you know, heart rate variability to, like it was 44 this morning, which is, which is pretty low. So if it allows that to kind of like bump itself back up a little bit in a way, um, I think that is worth more than you know one more one or two more nights at altitude which i actually don't necessarily know for a fact would have actually felt better i know day three feels really good but when i ran london in 2018 i left altitude on the wednesday and so it's very similar to that i left altitude on the wednesday got to London on the Thursday um, and what I can do if I really want to um, is sleep in an altitude tent tonight but I don't even think I'll bother because it's another stress on the body that I just don't think my body needs. I think what my body needs is to just have a really good night's sleep at sea level and um, that's what I think it'll benefit most from and very good night's sleep at sea level tomorrow tomorrow being thursday is when you you know you start fueling it's far far easier at sea level to get on top of your hydration so obviously at altitude and it's not the easiest place to stay hydrated and so you kind of run the risk of leaving altitude a little bit tired, and then you're maybe gonna sleep in a hotel Friday night, Saturday night, where you don't necessarily sleep as good. And, you know, so you might be a bit, uh, your hydration might not be great. You might be a bit tired because of altitude and and the impact that that has on the body and and all the rest of it. (coughs) And so, yeah, like, god my throat is very very annoying it really bugs me that just from talking I like get a sore throat not a sore throat but like a dry throat and then I feel the need to like clear it and cough and splutter anyway so that's yeah that, I can't really report too much else about that the altitude camp went well Um training went pretty good the K's felt good and I I did it by K I, I ran the first six at three minutes and then I picked it up to 255 maybe and then 247 I didn't I'm probably guilty of not directly following a plan but I mean that's kind of the way it goes I did order. Um, I got my myself some what's called Graston tool, and if you wanna Google that, it you can Google IASTM massage tool. It's busy. Uh, I ordered quite expensive ones called Rock Blades because I do. I have to say, I think when it comes to the purpose of what they do if you can get medical grade graston tool it's it's far better and likely does what it's supposed to do versus a cheaper version on amazon for example will still will still work in terms of a massage tool but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to do the job and what it's what it's supposed to do, um what what it's basically supposed to do is break down scar tissue. So when you're training and you break you break muscles down, they can develop like scar tissue. And that can kinda like I think I think in principle it can kind of like harden as a bit like and I'm gonna say an adhesion adhesion now I don't know I'm not a I'm not a therapist I'm not a physio I'm, I'm just I'm telling you from experience being treated by someone that uses a Graston tool very well and so when I'm getting massage in Teddington and we get to my hamstrings and we're doing the outside of my hamstrings up towards the glutes it can be very it feels like it's very gristly and a lot of hump, lumps and bumps and and they're actually quite tender and quite sore. And and then Gemma will get her Graston tool. And she'll not even really put in that much effort with the Graston tool. Just kind of a decent amount of pressure. But not sore. And she'll rub over it. And then all of a sudden she'll massage it again. And it's it's fucking magical. It is, it is truly magical, the impact that like it has. And and so I decided that given given I can't always, um, oh, I need to take a picture of this. Oh my God, this is gorgeous. you are gonna think I'm absolutely boogaloo. Well, I am absolutely boogaloo, but you can't miss out on opportunities like this. All right, I'm, I'm back. There's just a really beautiful like um, valley and, and then there's like mist on the valley and Um, Oh, it's mad, I feel like I need to pee again. I probably should have peed, but I'll survive. Um, So yeah, like you rub over with the grasting tool and I guess what it does is, I think it's good for scar tissue and then I also think it's good for like tight fascia. Your fascia, (laughs) I'm probably saying that wrong, but who cares? fascia sits on top of the muscles it's probably like the clothes of the muscle like instead of muscles being naked they can have like fascia sits over the top of them i think i'm saying that correctly but it doesn't really matter um and if if that's tight well i don't necessarily know that massage alone will will work for that so I ordered myself um, some because I I kind of want to be I, I want to get to a place where I'm a bit more um, self-sufficient, and what I mean by that is like I want to be able to go on camps and not be like too stressed that oh no I, I don't have physio or I don't have massage and and so there's a lot of these. There's a lot of these like massage sticks and massage tools and you know, I, I feel like there's enough now that if, if you kind of know where you get problems, you can be pretty self-sufficient. And you know, I'm talking like foam rollers. If you've never heard of it, Google a thing called the R8 Roll Recovery. Absolutely incredible. And so I feel like you I should, I should be at a place now where I can be a bit more self-sufficient. And I shouldn't be not going to altitude because I'm concerned about not being able to get treatment. Oh my god, this drive is beautiful. That valley looks incredible. Wowie. And so, yeah, like that's that was the grass until that was another little update. And I don't know if anyone has ever had that before or Wants to Google that, but you can use it on. I, I mean, I, I, I personally know where my therapist Gemma has used it, and so I can then what. I, what you do is you, you use the the R eight roll recovery, or you um, you use your foam roller, and so you roll and and you get the muscles in a pretty good place, and and then you can kind of just go back over that area with like the grasting tool and I don't really feel like it can do any harm you know it's not it's not like I don't think it's a case of if you use the grasting tool in the wrong area you're gonna like do damage it just might not do fuck all you might rub over an area and you know you were wasting your time for all of 30 seconds that you did it but that's not really a problem. Um, yeah, as long as you're not too aggressive, I think you're fine. Um, I mean, I, I, I tried myself to massage the parts of my hamstrings, like tops of my hamstrings into the glutes, up up, up high. I mean, like probably very top of the IT band, right wraps around under the hamstring, under the glutes. I get very gristly up there. And then if I massage it, like with the RE it, it it bruises quite a lot, so it it seems like there's a lot of shit and gristle and tightness that's built up there that really needs to get sorted, um, and then it all feeds into perhaps why the right hip has the problems it has, and yeah, it can be a bit tragic, <clears throat> but that's all something for the future. So, once Cheshire is over. And remember, there's, there's three qualifying standards. There's the European Champs, there's the Commonwealth Games, and there's the World Champs. And so, really I can go to Cheshire and, and just see. I think I'm gonna wait and see how the weather is. You know, if it is supposed to be windy, well then, you might find that I'm not as aggressive with the pace. Because the last thing I want is the, like if it's windy and and I have to run the maybe the second half by myself, the last thing I want is you know to be in call it no man's land and and be struggling. So we'll see we'll see what the weather's looking like. Um, the the fastest qualifying time is two eleven thirty for world champs. And um, I want that qualifying time. There's no doubt about that but whether or not whether or not that's achievable a lot will depend like I said on on weather on on pace making, and let's be honest how the body feels Yeah, like, everything I've done is at altitude so I don't really have a clue where the body's at and luckily luckily on Friday I can get a sense of where it's at compared to pre-rotterdam and perhaps perhaps i can use you know heart rate and so i know what my heart rate was for the four by a mile before um rotterdam and so if i can use if i can use that as a guide i might i might get a little idea of Potentially, how I'm gonna feel on race day. <laughs> um, but I'm laughing because it's just so random. Like it's a bit of <laughs> it's a bit of a roll of the dice, you know. You you do everything you can because that's what we do as athletes. You you really put a shift in and you really try to do everything you can. But at the end of the day, the gun goes and you just have to pray, pray that it comes good. And so Cheshire, I'm going to race it very similar to how I raced Dublin. Um, I'm going to be careful, very careful for that opening period. Um, Unlike Rotterdam, I'm going to go via heart rate. And so Rotterdam was kind of heart rate, but I also just committed to a group that was going at a pace. And I... I just got on it. I didn't really worry too much about heart rate after a while. Whereas Cheshire, like Dublin, when you've just raced the marathon, I think it's vital that you, you know, for Dublin I just raced Doha three weeks before. This time it's two weeks. I think it's vital that um, I, I show a bit of respect to the marathon to my body etc etc because yeah the last thing the last thing I'd want is to is to run into problems basically because I I don't really have a safety net this time round and um, like this this really this really has to be seen as like the last chance yeah like I I don't I just don't feel like I can I can keep like, I mean, obviously Prague, Prague would be an option. But if I if I don't achieve the time at um, Cheshire, then unless unless the weather is absolutely terrible, which it doesn't it doesn't look like it's gonna be. It doesn't look perfect. You know, you're you're talking over ten mile per hour winds, which. In the marathon you you don't necessarily want. I think that's a pretty obvious pretty obvious statement why. But but it's not like it's twenty. And so I think if it was gonna be twenty, then you might find that I'd have potentially postponed. Because I think that would be ridiculous. That would be difficult by yourself, perhaps. Um, I know there is other guys, but I think they're they're fully committed to sixty-seven Or sorry, two fourteen thirty for the European champs. And I mean, you might find who am I kidding? That might be where I end up, but I'll I'll know on Friday roughly what sort of pace I should be capable of maintaining, and then I'll I think there's a I think there's a pacemaker dedicated to me, which is really helpful. And I'll be able to work with that pacemaker and um it might be a case of during the act the race itself managing that situation like hey I'm good or um like relax a bit or um, whatever you gotta do is whatever you gotta do. Um, but I'm also not gonna hold back. And I think that should be not like a, not like that's a statement like err. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm I don't I don't hold back. I'm not going there to like jog. I'm going there to race. And so I'm just racing in a way that is the most efficient for the situation. Coming off Rotterdam, etc etcetera. Et cetera, I'm racing in a way that will allow hopefully my body to extract the best possible result on the day but I ain't fucking holding back, like, if I get the 10k to go, 5k to go, and, and I'm in a, I'm feeling good, you know, I'm I'm racing, I'm pushing, and, and I think that's important, I don't ever want my, my, uh, how I speak, or what I'm saying to come across as, like, you know, I'm going there to, like, be, like, wince out, or I'm going there to, like, just coast round, not at all. Like when I race, I race. And so I'll I'll be going there hoping that um the the more relaxed approach to the first half will still be pretty fast. And then like Dublin, potentially I'll be able to pick things up and um put in a really good result. But we really won't know until Sunday, but it is it is quite exciting. I mean, this is like, this is what life and living's all about: challenging yourself, putting yourself in the, you know, it. It's not been straightforward. I've had a nervous few days where I've tried to like, there's the, I've tried to almost create an easy way out, you know, like an excuse, and like, that's because I'm getting nervous. So as you start to get nervous, like your brain will start to like, I guess, like fuck with you a little bit, and it'll try to like hijack you and tell you that you can't do something. Or oh, you know, I, if I wanted to, I could talk to four or five people, and I could, I could basically get them to say exactly what. I, it's it's quite manipulative, but in a situation where you've just ran a marathon 10 days ago, it's it's pretty easy to manipulate. So you can get people to agree with you, i.e., oh yeah, it is a bit soon. Yeah, probably, yeah, I wanted to do it, but it is quite soon, it is quite risky, quite risky. Yeah, you could do a long-term injury. And so you see where I'm going with that. You could, you could quite quickly get four or five people on your side get them to agree with you. But actually, I think that's just nerves. Like at the end of the day, you only get a long-term injury if you push and push and push through something that's like sore. And so of course in Cheshire, if something's really sore, well then, I'm going to have to make that decision. And that's on that's up to me on the day. But yeah. We we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when it happens and I don't the person when I think about the person that I want to be and that's what we're all supposed to be aiming towards it's not a it's not a time it's not a it's not a result it's not a it's not a record it's it's a it's a person right? And the person that I want to be he he tries you know he doesn't always he doesn't always pull it off but he but he is willing to try and i think that's really important it's really important to distinguish between the two and of course it would be a bit like a disney movie in a way if i can go to cheshire and it's only 2 weeks after rotterdam and you know maybe you can run that qualifying time and and you hit the world champs time or you hit the Commonwealth games time and and you're like wow and and that's a bit like a, like a wee disney movie and didn't it work out perfectly and but even if you don't if you don't it's got by not achieving it not achieving it has very little to do with the person i want to be and the person i want to be tries, he's not afraid to, to feel. He's definitely not afraid to feel. He, he's okay with the outcome not working out the way he perhaps wanted it to. So long as so long as it was on my terms. And what I mean by that is I did my bit. You know, I, I, I went the altitude, I I did all the I, I did all I rolled the dice. I did everything that I was capable of doing in my control, and the rest was, I don't know, fate, Weathers, weather is what it is, um, body recovering, I I can do, I can get physio, I can hold back in training, I can eat, I can hydrate, but there's only so much you can do to, you know, really get the get the body recovered uh a a level that it's able to run 26.2 miles at a world championship or commonwealth games qualifying standard it's not it's not easy and so yeah like that that's what i was when i was writing down in my journal last night that's the that's the kind of things i was saying you know the before I got worried and before I got negative, I that's what I that's what I started writing down, you know, the person you want to be, he he he's okay with failure. You know failure failing to achieve something is not failure. I think that's that's what I'm that's what I'm kinda getting at. Failure failure might have been not not even being willing to try and that could it doesn't mean you had to go and race another marathon two weeks later you know you could have you could have picked track you could have decided i'm just going to focus on track but failure likely would have been given up you know that that might have been that might have been the top end of failure and you know perhaps then The likes of not trying another marathon if there was time to do so. Prague, Cheshire, Vienna, Hamburg. There, there's a Belfast. There's, there's a number of marathons that could have been a a good, good candidate. And so maybe a level beneath giving up entirely is, you know, not seeing sense to try again. (laughs) Um, That. That's a nice backup, I suppose you could say. I've, I've penciled Belfast in as a nice backup, whereby if if something at Cheshire doesn't quite feel right, and so for whatever reason, you you know, you know need to make a sensible decision, then Belfast is there. Um, but I really hope that doesn't need to be the case because I'd I really like this weekend to have achieved some form of qualifying standard and um, I can put I can just put my mind at ease for even if it's only 4 or 5 days or 3 or 4 days I don't know that would just be really nice to just just let it relax and be like well done good job um, but yeah I mean then there's high gate 10k <laughs> so I don't get that long to kind of like I don't know decompose decompress or whatever or or take it easy and um, because I'm probably gonna probably gonna get physio I'll get a bit of physio at home like Monday bit of bit of physio either Tuesday or Wednesday and then I'll probably fly back the altitude and you know prepare at altitude for high gate like it might only be like two weeks Maybe like a two-week camp, but you know, like I said, it 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 really it really helped. Um, like call it sharpen the sword. Um, and I think that's important. It's it's very difficult in running to have some sort of like edge to your fitness or or a little. I don't know, something a bit extra, you know, something a bit more, um, and I think altitude allows you to have that little, that little edge, like, if I could, if I could go to font and do, you know, 10 by K in probably, like, 250, I'm gonna say, 250 or thereabouts, well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be really confident that I can go to the likes of Highgate and handle 68 per lap, which is, I think that's the qualifying time or thereabouts for um, Commonwealth Games and European Champs. And, And so that's, yeah. But if you can do that, if you can do it at sea level, then i'd say you have half a chance but if you can do it at altitude then yeah you're you're pretty bulletproof and so you probably need to be able to be like 250 to 255 per k probably 250 to be honest and because when you've got recovery you know sorry in a race you have to take that recovery away and so i like if you've done it at altitude that Um, It's likely on race day. Without recovery, you're going to be able to do it. So I'll probably... I'll probably... That'll be, like, a key session. Maybe that and then, like... Maybe, like, some 2Ks. Like, 2K lap jog, 2K lap jog. And start a bit more conservative. Like, instead of 68, maybe, like, 70. So, like, 550... 5.47, 5.45, and maybe run the last one in 5.40. Honestly, the thought of that gives me fear. (laughs) But it equally excites me. That would be a really fun and and difficult and challenging session. But that's the kind of thing um, I'll do. Once, um, Once Cheshire is done, I would jump in an altitude tent. And that would, that would help that, um, that adjustment back the altitude. It would help it quite a lot. And so it would mean that when I go back the altitude, I, I should, as they say, acclimatize a bit faster. But I don't, I don't think there's any point jumping in an altitude tent um, tonight or tomorrow because like it it's not great for hydration you don't sleep as good and the whole point of leaving altitude early was to get on top of those little things the recovery the sleep the hydration and and so it just seems a bit silly if i wanted an extra day at altitude or two days i i should have just stayed at altitude i don't need to simulate um but look i'm gonna leave you with that that's been a long a long podcast today, but you know, I, I, like I said, I'd done a few, and I kind of needed to play catch up, and so, um, hopefully, everyone's caught up, and, and um, yeah, hopefully you find like altitude was great. There was a, there was a big squad of Irish guys, and, um, that's really fun to see people. You know, I first time I went the altitude was over ten years ago, which is crazy, but. You know, it's what's what I'm gonna say is there's gonna be a direct correlation between athletes that are willing willing to put themselves out of their comfort zones, willing to try, willing to try something new. There's gonna be a direct correlation then with, you know, some of the athletes that we're gonna see in a couple of years' time making Irish teams on the track whether it's European champs, world champs, Olympics, there's a direct, direct correlation. Not everybody has to do it, but if you're willing, I think that's that's the most important part. Willingness to take yourself out of your comfort zone, put yourself in an environment where the only agenda is to be better at running, be better at sport. And, and I think that speaks volumes. And I'm not trying to suggest people that aren't willing to do that don't want to be good runners. I understand people have their life, their job, their, their family, their work, all this stuff. But I also think for those guys that are willing and can and, and make it work, you know, good for you. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.